welcome to our Think Kingdom podcast. We want to welcome you to a new week in our new series, The Kingdom is Like. We talked about the seed last week, so let's stay in the field and find the wheat and the weeds. Let's go ahead and jump in and see what God's word has for us from our resident pastor, Ramon Belagamba. And we're continuing this week, we're continuing it in our The Kingdom is Like series. So we're going through the parables of the kingdom of God. And this takes us this week to we're going to be looking at the kingdom is like the wheat and the weeds. So I'll ask everyone that's in attendance, uh, if you please stand for the reading of God's word. Welcome to all of y'all joining us online. Happy to see you this morning. All right, let's go. Hear the word of the Lord. He presented another parable to them. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while people were sleeping, his enemy came, sowed weeds among the wheat and left. When the plants sprouted and produced grain, then the weeds also appeared. The landowner's servants came to him and said, Master, don't you sow good seed in your field? Then where did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he told them. So do you want us to go and pull them up? The servants asked him. No, he said. When you pull up the weeds, you might also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At harvest time, I'll tell the reapers, gather the weeds first and tie them in bundles to burn them. But collect the wheat in my barn. Now we're going down to verse 36. Then he left the crowds and went into the house. His disciples approached him and said, explain to us the parable of the weeds in the fields. He replied, the one who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world and the good seed these are the children of the kingdom. The weeds are the children of the evil one. And the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age. And the harvesters are angels. Verse 40. Therefore, just as the weeds are gathered and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The son of man will send out his angels. And it will gather from his kingdom all who cause sin and those guilty of lawlessness. They will throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in their father's kingdom. Let anyone who has ears listen. You may, the word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. I'm going to go before the Lord in prayer before I dig in. Bow your heads with me. Gracious Lord, we're so grateful to know the truth of all reality. To know that your word is revealed truth. In an age where revelation is discounted, where people don't believe that God has spoken to humanity that he has spoken to this world may we open this book and always remember that this is the final authority this is the standard of all truth and may we be faithful to it and this morning we're going to dig in a text that points to the here and the future that we know that lord jesus you will return and as we wait between your first and second advent let us be faithful to the call, to the mission of God, to make disciples and to live as those that are in the kingdom of God now and know that they're in the kingdom of God now. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, my rock and my redeemer. I pray this to Christ Jesus our Lord in his holy name. So good morning. It's good to be in front of y'all. 
It's been, it's been a little while, but it's good to be here. The fall is one of my favorite times. It's like when the weather changes just a little bit, you can actually put on some long sleeves and you get a little bit of, um, little bit of chill to the air. You know, but this, our area is still a little different. We still get our 80s in October. It's still a little, still a little strange, so we're still waiting to November. But even besides that, this time now is, is a time of, um, time of year people like to go apple picking. People like to go uh, to, pump, to the pumpkin patch. You can ride on the hayride. You can um, even spend some time bobbing for apples and all of that fun stuff, eating caramel apples. But something I like to do is that I'm looking forward to do, maybe even my family next week, is going through a corn maze. So when you go through a corn maze, there's only one way that is the way out. But you're venturing through the corn maze, and you always think that you are going to get out. Like, this is the way, this is the way. And everybody follows you, and then you're just stuck. You're like, man, I guess I'm going to have to turn around. So there's so much, honestly, that, that maze, is kinda, it kind of deceives you. There's, there's, there's so much, like, deception to it. But the reality of it is there's only one way out. So whether it takes you 10 or 15 minutes or it takes you an hour, you will find a way out. Thankful for that. But life in this world, man, a lot of people will tell you there's a lot of different ways to God. A lot of people will deceive you. A lot of people will um, tell you false narratives of the way things should be. And they will make up false realities to, to suit their idols. And that backup and that support is that big word, ideologies. But as we go on through these kingdom of God parables, we, we, we learn that literally there is only one way to enter the kingdom of God. It's very clear in this passage and you'll see in this text that the field that is talked about with the wheat and the weeds, or if depending on your translation, the, the wheat and the tares, if that's what you're familiar with. But the reality of it is, is that different people in the field will tell you what they think is true, what they think is real, what they think is good for the world, and what they think is beautiful. But often they'll do this without any reference to God. And, they will, and on top of that, many individuals in the field would think that we just live in the natural world. Like there is nothing supernatural happening around us. Like what our senses tell us, that's reality. They, they, don't, they don't think about anything outside of that. But this morning's text in Jesus' words informs us that this field that he talks about, God's place is also God's kingdom. That this world will one day be full of his glory. From sea to sea. Many people don't see that now because the kingdom of God is hidden to so many. And the fact is, is that Jesus, he came into the world in a few months, we'll be celebrating his coming, his incarnation. We'll be celebrating the gift of Christmas. That Jesus came into the world to begin the restoration of his rule and his reign. And that his kingdom will be on earth as it is in heaven. That the kingdom of the Father will now be here in its fullness on the earth. And we also learn in this text this morning that humanity will have to pay for his copyright infringement known as sin. That we are not the captain of our fate and the master of our soul. Mm -mm. That our rebellion, it's going to cost. And for those that 
know the gospel, we know that cost. Because our Lord and Savior died on that cross on that Good Friday. And he arose on that Easter Sunday morning. So we know that humanity will not get away. So the main, main point of this, this message this morning that I want to really bring home to you is that the kingdom of God is like an unkept field until Jesus returns to clean it up. So the kingdom of God is like an unkept field until Jesus returns to clean it up. And this one in our text, it will show us the reality of the kingdom, the grace of the kingdom, and the cleanup of the kingdom. And that moves us to the reality of the kingdom. So last week, Pastor Antoine spoke about the parable of the four soils. And we learned that how we respond to the sower and his seed, it produces different results. The fact is, our hearts are those soils that are spoken of and that there are many storms and many trials that may happen, but our response to all of this is determined by our soils. And there are different results to this. And the fourth soil, which speaks about being 30 and 60 and 100 folds, that is the soil of a faithful disciple. But this week, Jesus shares with us why evil and brokenness still exist in God's kingdom, which is the field, which is the world. Why is there so much evil and so much brokenness still here? Jesus came. Why is everything still so jacked up? Why, or why is death still in the world? Why is, is so much injustice still reigning? Why? And what we learn is that the kingdom isn't what it's supposed to be in its fullness yet. And that's where we got to kind of dig back in our Bible. So he speaks about it, about the enemy coming in and, and putting weeds with the weeds. But this is harboring back to the garden. It's coming back to Eden when he speaks about that originally. And we know how some of us know, maybe all of us know, that it starts with the serpent sowing doubt and temptation to Eve. And it's showing us with that temptation that the serpent put out there to Eve, it's showing that in the heart of Eve at that time, in that moment, that she believed the lie and that she wanted to know what it was to be her own ruler. She wanted to know what it feels like to play God. And that's the essence of sin. Even now, humanity always wants to play God. They say, on God. Drake is six God. People call themselves gods. Humanity also always wants to be independent of God. And we see that in Genesis 11 with the Tower of Babel. But I want to read these verses to help you understand that in the midst of everything in the world, there is conflict between two kingdoms. Genesis 3.15 reads, I will put hostility between you and the woman. And between your offspring and her offspring, he will strike your head and you will strike his heel. That's known as the proto-gospel. That's the first claim that the father is going to send the son to bring in, to bring in and restore his kingdom. But then also I, I talked about the independence of humanity and how we seek to do everything outside of God. And one of the ways that we think that we could bring, up, uh, bring upon so much progress right now is technology, right? And what happened this week? Technology failed. The God of Facebook fell. There was no more Instagram, no more WhatsApp. 
and the world felt like it was crumbling for some people. And some people just went to Twitter. But I digress. So Genesis 11.4 reads, and they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its type in the sky. Let us make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we'll be scattered throughout the earth. So humanity always wants to work independent of God. We want to create a culture and a society that has no reference to God. I don't wear this, I don't wear this sweatshirt kingdom of a culture without intention. The culture that we now inhabit right now and that we live in, it wants to be It wants to have the kingdom of God without the king. That's literally what's going on. We want all, America wants all the benefits of the kingdom of God without King Jesus. Can we have all of that? Can there be no more guilt and shame? We don't have anything to worry about with sin anymore. We could just change our values out of the culture and think that as these weeds grow, that we won't have to answer to judgment. But the fact that Jesus came into the world and he went to the cross and the fact that he rose and the fact that all of this had to happen so that humanity could dwell with God again and to be in his presence one day tells us that what the world tries to spit is not truth. It's not going to be that way. And Jesus is clear in this world that there are only two types of seeds. There's good seed and there's bad seed. And, we, and people fall in those two categories. There's no gray area. You are either wheat or you are weeds. That is what this text is telling us, that we have to, to realize we can't, we have to pick a side. We have to choose. We have to choose what's going to be on the throne of our hearts. Is it going to be Jesus? Is it going to be something else? Are we going to walk and enter the kingdom of God or are we going to stay content with living for the kingdom of self? Are we going to continue being okay with trying to build our own kingdoms rather than enter into his kingdom and be on mission for his kingdom? So a great definition of the kingdom of God that I really love to use is is from a pastor, Jeremy Treat, and that definition is the kingdom of God It's God's reign through God's people in God's place. The kingdom of God is God's reign through God's people in God's place. So no wonder why it's hidden. If the kingdom of God is God's reign through God's people, right now the the kingdom is hidden because the reign of God's God in God's people is in their hearts. It's, It's in our hearts, it's in our affections, our will and our desire It's all for the king. But one day, as we learn in this text, in the future, when the kingdom of God is, we're in this time, what you call the already but not yet, when the kingdom comes in its fullness, everywhere will be known that this is God's place. And the reason why I could say accurately that the kingdom of God deals with the the heart and the heart and affections and the will of, of man is because Jesus has told us this, right? Let's go to Luke 17, 20 um, to 21. The kingdom of God is not coming with something observable. No one will say, see here or there. For you see, the kingdom of God is in your midst. So Jesus came to capture the hearts of the people of the field. He came to make disciples. But there's always opposition because this is a mixed field. Because this world, not everyone is following Jesus and not everyone is in the kingdom of God. So the definition I give for the kingdom of self is the kingdom of self is rebellion against God's reign and replacement of God in his place. So the thing about it is the, prob- the biggest problem is fewer people know the problem of this broken world. Why is the world so broken? Why aren't things right? 
Why, why are there so many issues in this world? Why do we have to worry about our children in schools being safe? Why do teachers have to worry about their safety instead of getting slapped in the back of the head because of TikTok? These are things that just baffle so many people. But the thing about it, the brokenness of our world, the world and, 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 and those, the weeds, they always seek wrong solutions because they don't accurately know the problem. So at the end of the day, our job as disciples of Christ is to witness to the world the reign of God. To let the world know that this ain't, this ain't the way it's going to be. Climate change ain't going to wipe us out. Jesus is in control and Jesus is going to return. Jesus is going to renew all of this. And I can't wait to 70 degree days all the time. We have to think, family, what does the reign of God look like in our homes? What does the reign of God look like where we work? What does the reign of God look like in my classroom? What does the reign of God look like in our city? What does that look like? What will that show? What demonstration needs to be shown by the people of God? The thing about it is that we have to realize is that the kingdom of God is, is, is a call for us to embody the presence of Christ and show the world the way to healing, the way to hope, the way to love, peace, joy, and justice. All of this is available today in Christ and his kingdom. This is all available today. Are we spending time hanging with Jesus? Are we abiding with him? Are we growing more and more into the image of Christ each day? Or are we just leaving Jesus for Sundays? That's what we got to tell ourselves. Like, we, we can't just get by. We're supposed to be shining. We're supposed to be dripping. That Holy Spirit drip. Come on. But people, they longing for all the wrong things. They longing for idols. And the clearest way I could tell you what an idol is, is God replacements. God replacements. People are thinking that money will be able to satisfy, to give their lives meaning, to give them security, to give them purpose. People are thinking that the idol of celebrity is going to bring them that. That, oh, I may not be nobody now, but I can, I can be on social media and I can create a life and I can go from my obscurity to being known as a celebrity, to being an influencer. And that's going to bring me so much significance, meaning, security. These God replacements will never satisfy. And the reality of it is, is the playbook of the weeds, it's the same as their father. Satan got the same playbook. He's doing the same things he was doing thousands of years ago. He was questioning God's character. Didn't he do that with Eve? Did he do that with Eve? Didn't he do that? Question God's character. Question God's law. And question God's will. That is the playbook of the weeds. People that don't even know that they're following the kingdom of Satan will not even think like, wow, why am I questioning God's character? Why am I questioning his moral law? Why am I, not, why am I against his will? and his design for, 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 for his creation. Why am I against these things? And the thing about it is it's our job as the church then kingdom to can continually engage culture. It is our job to bring the truth of the kingdom of God to the world. So if the church ain't doing it, who else gonna do it? And what's gonna happen to the world? It's gonna keep rotting because we've been refusing to be salt and light. It's gonna keep rotting it's going to keep getting darker because salt preserves. So weeds at times actually can benefit your lawn. But too many weeds 
will ultimately destroy your grass. And in a similar way, the gases of oxygen and carbon dioxide, they coexist a little bit for our good, right? We breathe in oxygen, we exhale carbon dioxide. And it breaks down carbohydrates and all that good stuff. But carbon dioxide, even though it has those benefits, if we breathe in too much carbon dioxide, that could lead to fatal death, right? So the reality of it is, is that we can never breathe in too much oxygen. That we can never have too much oxygen because it, it gives us life. So what the wheat needs, the wheat, the people who follow Jesus, what do we need to, to live? What do we need? We need more Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. That is what we need to survive. And we need to, we need to exhale the sin in our life. So not only have we just thought about, like, the reality of the kingdom, we also need to know about the grace of the kingdom. The only reason Jesus allows the field to remain mixed with wheat and weeds is his grace. Jesus, because he so loved the world, and die for the world. He desires all people to have the opportunity to enter into his kingdom. And we got receipts for this. We know this because of 2 Peter 3, 9. The Lord does not delay his promise, as some understand delay, but is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. So Jesus wants all of us to turn from our rebellion and our, our God replacements and wants us to turn to him and his kingdom. And what all of this is telling us is that his grace, honestly, his grace is unlimited. And we got to be thankful for that. But the reality of sin in the world tells us that our time isn't. His grace is unlimited, but our time isn't. So when we lose our fire for his kingdom, when we are bored with his grace, we fail too. We will settle for God replacements. We will settle for everything but Jesus and his kingdom. And the thing about it, people don't even know that their idols enslave them. They don't realize that they're ruled by their loves. And anything outside of God is going to be a cruel master. Anything outside of Jesus is going to be a cruel master. So more people would rather stay enslaved than to enjoy the grace of the kingdom and freedom in Christ. They think that pursuing their desires and their will, that they're going to have so much freedom, but ultimately it's just going to lead to destruction and devastation. And right now, people are pursuing brokenness at a warp speed. And there's going to be casualties from this brokenness. Like honestly, me as a Older millennial, like just thinking about the generation after me and my daughter's generation after that, they're going to be casualties. The older millennials are going to get older, and they're going to realize that stolen water ain't sweet. They're going to, they're going to realize that, 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 that sweet gum, that bubble gum they've been chewing, it, it's lost its flavor. They're going to realize that, and it's going to be, wow, I need help. And... It's going to be the church's job to lead the wounded to Jesus. We have to realize that many people, there's a definition that we use in the church for people who don't yet come to Christ, and we call them the lost. And 
Many people never know that they're lost. People don't know that they're not saved. We're in the South. Everybody believes that they are a Christian. But the reality is, is there's so many unsaved Christians. So we have to point people to, to realize that the reality of the kingdom may be that they're not in the kingdom of God, but they're still in the kingdom of self. And we can't apologize for that. We have to, if we love people, we have to give them truth. With grace, though. With grace. Let me, let me make sure I make that clear. So, grace tr- truly is only loved when grace is understood. Like, we forget the gospel so easily. Like, that's why we need the gospel every day. Because we won't be amazed by grace anymore. Because we won't love it. It's when we truly understand the depths of that grace and what God the Son did on behalf of us and what he's still doing on behalf of us in the heavenly places as our great high priest and our king, we would love grace. And anything worth more than God in your life, honestly, that's an idol. And we, gotta, we have to replace those idols that sit on the throne of our hearts. Our hearts are a perpetual idol-making factory. Like every day, we can have something else that captivates our attention. That we have to watch. We have to reflect. We got to sit down and reflect. We need to journal our days. Are we journaling our days? Are we taking audits of how we're spending our time? Are we spending our time on our phones? Are we spending our time uh, watching sports? Like, uh, so many things could occupy our time. But if we are truly going to be a church, think kingdom, that seeks first the kingdom, then what matters most in our lives must be the kingdom. All of our priorities, our decisions, everything, the framework of our lives, the vision of our lives, Jesus has to be at the center. Jesus has to be at the center of it all. And the reality of it is it's so easily that we're not following Jesus. So easily. Because we can be captivated by our idols. And we can wind up living for ourselves again. We could go from one minute living for Jesus, being in the kingdom of God, and the next minute we're back to living for the kingdom of self. And build, trying to build our own kingdoms when Jesus is in the center of it all. And thinking about it, every local church... This is our job. This is what the church is commissioned for, is to proclaim the cross and the kingdom and to preach grace and demonstrate mercy and justice. That is our call. But in our culture today, what's needed so much, honestly, we have to embody grace. We have to demonstrate compassion, mercy, and do justice because the culture doesn't want to listen to what the church is saying because we have not always been on the path of the kingdom. So family, we have to share with others, honestly, how we are arrested by the grace of the gospel, like how We came to Jesus, our testimony, how we were arrested by the grace of that gospel. And we have to share the grace of the kingdom with people. People are hurting. People need the people of God to show up and show out. And for some of us, the greatest gift of grace we know about that we take on on a daily basis is that grace period that we got to arrive at work. Honestly, man, I love that 15 minutes. It's only five for me. But for those that struggle with time, this is honestly a saving grace. Because honestly, we would easily be without a job if it wasn't for that grace period, some of us. We got an on-time God, but some of us ain't on time at all. (laughs) But sadly... 
There are some of us that sometimes even continually arrive later than the grace period. It happens. And usually those that continually commit that offense, you're going to be unemployed. But also, sometimes when you are late, your boss is not in. So you got some added grace, some grace upon grace. But the world, it ain't like that. <laughs> For close to 2,000 years, the grace of the kingdom has been available. And most people don't even know about this grace or that they even need this grace because they don't know that they're not in the kingdom of God. So Jesus has been giving people for over 2,000 years the opportunity to be reconciled to God and to live their lives for him and the glory of God. For over 2,000 years, that, that grace is still available now, y'all. Because if we don't get the grace of the kingdom now before we leave this life, you're sadly going to be on the wrong side of the cleanup of the kingdom. Our last point. Jesus makes clear to his disciples that there will be a day when the weeds will be cleared and he will dwell with his people and his new creation. So when Jesus came into the world, he lived that sinless life and he died that atoning death on that cross and he rose on that third day, he ushered the future into our here and now. The new creation, the climax of all of human history has already occurred. And most people don't think, don't even know about it. So the fact that injustice, pain, death, sickness, chaos, immorality, they won't continue to reign in God's place like they do now. None of that will exist. The reality is that this day of harvest that is mentioned in this text, we, live, we have, literally have no idea when it's about to go down. We have no idea. That's the way it was in Noah's day. You think if people knew that that flood was coming, they wouldn't have bum-rushed that ark? Come on. Y'all saw, y'all saw them, um, them planes in Afghanistan. You saw people running for that plane, just wanting to get out. That's the way people should be running to Jesus. That they realize that he is that ark. That that cross is the only way to salvation. Peter talked about it. 2 Peter 3.10 and also verse 13. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. On that day, the heavens will pass away with a loud noise. The elements will burn and be dissolved. And the earth and the works on it will be disclosed. But based on his promise, oh, so that's an amen. We wait for new heavens and new earth where righteousness dwells. Man, it's, it's so foreign to us to think about Honestly, what does it look like when all righteousness just dwells on the earth? Like, we, like our minds, that's more infinitely more than we can ask or think, man. Like we, won't, we, we can't even imagine it because we're used to so much evil and brokenness. We're so used to sin being a regular, somebody trying to get over on you. We're so used to somebody jabbing at your, uh, your car door handles trying to get in your car. We're so used to just evil and brokenness. But the reign of God, which is already occurring, that's already happening now in the world, will happen. It will not be hidden. We can't wait to that day that heaven comes down to earth. Heaven is coming down to earth, y'all. It's not, our, our Christian salvation ain't no um, get a ticket to heaven it's not about that. It's about us being on mission with Jesus in the here and now for his kingdom to lead others to him so, the, so that when a new heaven and new earth occur, they'll be among us. And if we 
die before that time that Christ returns, we'll be in the arms of Jesus. Yeah. But it's not like, oh, I got my get out, I got my ticket to heaven. I don't care about the rest of the world. I could go to hell in a handbasket. Nah, that's not the way it goes. And Jesus gives us a promise in verse 43 that one day the people of the kingdom will shine like the sun in the kingdom of the Father. Man, y'all not excited about that? If you're in Christ today, you, you better be excited about that. Like, I need to hear something. Like, that needs, a, that needs a applause or something. That that day, the new heaven and new earth, we're going to be shining. And we're going to be with him. And everything's going to be all right. The presence of God reigning in the hearts of his people will be as wide as creation. And those who reject Jesus, his gospel, and his people, they're going to be dealt with. The bullies of the field, they're going to get handled. And they ain't going to want that smoke because they're going to be that smoke. So don't be a fool. Don't, think, don't be thinking you're going to go before God without Jesus and be good. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. That you could go up there and be your own defense lawyer. That you could be your own advocate. That's literally going against the army with a handgun. And the thing about it that so many of us don't understand is that because the world, the world is a mixture, right? This field is a mixture. Like, the weeds are not all evil. Let me make that clear. The weeds are not all evil. And the reason why they're not continually evil all the time is because every person on this earth is made in the image of God. So the image of God is within every person in the field. So there'll be times when the weeds will actually be for things that are for the will of God and for the kingdom of God. But then there'll be other times where they just go left and they fall away from God. And the thing about it is one of the, one of the, one of the world's rap philosophers is no longer with us, DMX. He literally tells us in verse 42, he named one of his albums about it. He literally told the world, it's dark and hell is hot. Because 40, 42, that is scary to think about that. And if you want to get even a, a more, a clearer picture of, from Jesus of like what the reality of, of hell is, go to the end of Luke 16. Read the rich man and Lazarus, the end of Luke 16. If that doesn't shake your soul, I don't know what will. Like literally, you're going to be apart from the grace of God. And that's torment. That is literal torment. But the glory of these verses is that the, that conflict and suffering for God's people won't be always. And that's why I used to love one of my favorite songs the old folks used to sing, Trouble Don't Last Always. That that's going to get us through. That we have hope. So many areas, so many communities have no hope. There's not even mainstream music now. There's not much hope in the music anymore. Nihilism rules the day. Kids don't have, kids don't dream dreams of hope anymore. But the thing about it, family, when King Jesus returns, he will clean up his kingdom. This world will be cleaned up. And he will renew all things. So when Apostle Paul says that, that the Lord is renewing all things, he's talking about the work of the kingdom of God that's hidden to the world. There'll be no more evil. His people will be reconciled. And his creation will be renewed. And this is not how the world thinks it's going to end. They know nothing about what we're reading about today, most people in the world. And as generations pass, more and more people are, have never even read a Bible, and they never maybe even heard of Jesus. The church has a grand opportunity to let the world know about the kingdom. We have such 
an opportune moment right now. And thank kingdom, I don't want us to neglect that. We can make disciples, y'all. Disciples upon disciples, disciples who disciple one another. And we know that this utopia, that a progressive vision of the world thinks is wrong when we read Revelation 21, verses three through four. Then I heard a loud voice from the throne. Look, God's dwelling is with humanity and he will live with them. They will be his peoples and God himself will be with them and will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Grief, crying, and pain will be no more. Because the previous things have passed away. Man, Selah. Every fall is when many homeowners aerate and recede their lawns. So doing this every year, it's actually, your grass gonna be looking healthy. It's gonna be looking real green. As receding actually thins off the weeds, the insects, and the diseases. But on judgment day, on that day, the weeds will be removed. That's what this text tells us. And Jesus will renew his field. When he makes all things new, it will be much like receding of your grass. As creation will finally be healthy. And there will be no more weeds. And there will be no more diseases. And family, in this text, we looked at today, what's shared with us is really what God's kingdom is like in the here and now, in space and time history. And it also tells us about the future and what's to come. So just like in the world, sadly, even in the church, there's some wheat and some weeds. And we know this clear as day. Because even out of Jesus' 12 disciples, there still was a Judas there still was some weeds up with the wheat. So you could maybe be in community with somebody in the same local congregation for 30 years and you may not see them on a new heaven and new earth. That, that should make you say, wow. That should be a somber. So honestly, if you're struggling in your walk right now, your walk with Jesus, being faithful to him, I'm encouraging you right now. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Follow him. Give him the throne of your heart. Don't let the loves of this world, what the weeds love, don't let that be what's on the throne of your heart. Because if you seek first that kingdom, it'll be added to you. You taken care of. You good. You are good. So think about it, our, work, our schools, our workplaces, our families, our communities, they need a taste of the kingdom. But if we are walking in faithfulness with Jesus on the throne of our hearts, others are just going to suffer. May we not be, think kingdom, disciples that walk past the other, people that walk past those who are struggling, but that we honestly Show compassion, demonstrate grace, preach grace, and lead people to that wellspring of life. This text also showed us that the kingdom that we, that we know about, the kingdom is in the midst of a spiritual war. And it's been like that since Eve tripped up and ate that apple, like literally. It's been spiritual war. So family, we must always 
expect that spiritual warfare is going to be knocking at our door. Because if we're walking in the way of the kingdom and we're embodying the way of the kingdom, bringing light to dark places, we are going to be engaged in war. Conflict, conflict and suffering, family, that's a gift. You may not see it that way, but honestly, that's a gift. That's a gift for your soul because you're going to be begging for grace. You're going to be crying out for grace. You're going to be praying to the throne of grace saying, Lord Jesus, help me. Help me and help me remain faithful. Help me to grow in your image and help others to the way of the kingdom. So we got to stay prayed up. And if you're with us today or online and you haven't given your life to Christ, that you haven't made Jesus the king of your heart, and that you're not living for his kingdom today, this is the day, this is the day that you can make that decision to walk with Christ. We'll be here if you are not with Christ and you've made that decision. Think Kingdom is here for you. We want you to follow Jesus. We want to celebrate your welcome to the family. We want to celebrate your baptism right over there. That's what we desire. So family, let us go and make disciples. Telling the world the reality of the kingdom, the grace of the kingdom. And now one day, Jesus will return to clean up his kingdom. Let us not be afraid. Let us be bold. Let us rest in the confidence of Christ. Share the gospel. Share the gospel of the cross and the kingdom. And embody the kingdom where we live, where we work, and where we play. And Pastor Ramon in week three of The Kingdom is Like. The kingdom of God is an unkept field until Jesus returns to clean it up. If you're blessed by anything you hear on this podcast and you feel led to give, text the word GIVE to 704-741-3705. And if you're anywhere near Charlotte, Mid-Hill, Matthews, Concord, Kannapolis, come on by and visit us at 465 South Cannon Boulevard in Kannapolis, North Carolina. Or you can join us online every Sunday at 1033 a.m. on Facebook and YouTube. And while you're there, go ahead and subscribe to us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram under Think Kingdom. And as always, you can go back, hear this message, and maybe even a little bit more right here exclusively on our Think Kingdom podcast. <laughs>